Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the KU football and basketball beat writer from the Kansas City Star, Shreyas Lada. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Glad to be with you on this Monday after a long holiday weekend. Hope everybody had a great and happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we are joined now by Shreyas Lada, who spent some time in Cincinnati, it looked like, on social media. Uh, hope you enjoyed the, the holiday, Shreyas, before you got out there and watched, boy, KU just kind of kick some tail there on Saturday. Yeah. No, it was, it was great. Got some time to go back home, see family, friends in Georgia for a couple of days. And, uh, you know, since it was a quick trip, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Shreyas, what is, what, what is the big takeaway on this regular season for you? I think, I mean, it's got to be viewed as wildly successful considering the quarterback situation, right? Like this, this feels like another step in the right direction for Lance Leipold in this era of KU football. A hundred percent. I think this was a big step in the right direction. I think arguably we could argue this team with a healthy, either Jason Bean or Jalen Daniels could be looking at a, a two loss team uh, and, you know, 10 wins or, you know, 11 and one or something like that. Uh, which is crazy to think about, and they could be competing for the conference championship this coming Saturday if they, I think, that they had a, a healthy Jason uh, Bean or Jalen Daniels the entire year. Um, but overall, just a great, great year, I think, for Kansas football. And, uh, you know, they talk about not skipping steps and all that, but, you know, if they win the bowl game wherever they end up, uh, then it's going to be nine wins for the first time since 2007, which they started 9-0, and finished 12-1, and lost in the uh, – I think they won the Orange Bowl, lost the Orange Bowl. I can't remember quite. Yeah, uh, but just overall, I've been very impressed with this team ability to handle adversity, handle the tough quarterback situation, and the defense has really taken a step forward. Devin Neal had a special year. Uh, just, I think, a fun year if you're a Kansas Jayhawks fan, even with uh, some missed opportunities. Shreyas, you mentioned a healthy Jason Bean. Clearly had a healthy Jason Bean on Saturday against Cincinnati, threw the ball great. At one point was, I think, in the first half, 10 of 10 passing. Uh, had a couple of incompletions in the second half, but still incredibly efficient. And then, of course, we we all know what he can do with his legs. But both throwing the football and uh, running the football, 
he looked incredible. And I know that we talked about missed opportunities and what could have happened had he been healthy, but at least in the regular season finale, he looked phenomenal. What were your big takeaways from Jason Bean on Saturday? I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is, wow, he was really missed, I think, uh, you know, in those games. I mean, Cole Ballard played well, but you can quite, you know, see that Jason Bean, when he's healthy and ready to go and kind of in his, his mojo and groove, that he's just a whole other level. And that's no disrespect to Cole. Cole was great. I think probably a lot better than everyone anticipated. But I, I was really impressed with his game. I know I've been tough on him throughout this year at times, uh, just with some of the decision-making and stuff like that. But he's putting up great numbers. He – uh, you know, had a great game against Cincinnati. He was pretty much perfect, like you said, in the first half. I felt there was no bad throws. He was on point precision. Second half, he had two long touchdown runs to ice the game. Uh, it was one of those games that you remember and remind yourself that Kansas is so lucky that this guy decided to come back for a sixth year uh, and really a fifth year of playing college football because, uh, you know, who knows how differently this year would have turned out if he wasn't back. I he it, let's let's talk about the quarterback situation for a minute Trius. we saw Jalen Daniels messaging and all of that stuff how, how confident are you how confident are the coaches that like is he going to be able to come back and play like is are we going to get full strength Jalen Daniels at any point next year it's just been such a strange year to follow I, I think so I think they've been very cautious to a point of almost too cautious, you know, in a sense. And I think that's a good thing because back injuries are so finicky and you don't really quite know what exactly is happening, what, what actually is going on. Uh, but I, I think he'll be good to go. I mean, they've been, I think, on the side of more cautious than even needed. As we've seen with injuries, I think Kansas' staff is very cautious because, you know, Jalen, or sorry, Jason Bean was healthy and ready to go uh, Saturday in their loss to KSU. Uh, but he hadn't had enough practice reps. So it seems like those two things are correlated. You need more practice reps than you need to be kind of consistently there for most of the practice, if not all, to have a chance to play on Sunday – or, sorry, Saturday. And uh, I think, you know, maybe I'm optimistic or, or whatever, but I think Jalen's going to be ready and good to go. And, you know, Kansas will have a lot of guys that can return next year uh, and I think put together even better and special season. Sharice, I saw the list the other day of the semifinalists for uh, the Doak Walker Award, which is the top running back in America, and Devin Neal is not on the list. He was not listed as one of the semifinalists for the top running back in America, which I think is a mistake. I think that he at least should be considered as one of the top running backs in America, and I, you know, he had another game on Saturday against Cincinnati, but talk a little bit, if you can, about not only just what he does but how important he has been to this rebuild for the Jayhawks. He's the hometown kid. He chose to stay in Lawrence, play for Lance Leipold, and he's been a huge reason why the Jayhawks have been able to rebuild their entire football program. A hundred percent. The real deal, Devin Neal, is uh, having a special season, and we're at 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns. Uh, I think he has a chance to break the all-time, not all-time, the season uh, rushing record if he has a special game at the bowl game. I think it's like 1457. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I've just been really impressed with his all around game. He's been good in the blocking game. You know, the coaching staff has praised him. And he's, he's a kid that is, uh, I say kid as he's a couple of years younger than me, not that much. But, uh, you know, he, he's a, a player that I think Kansas fans 
uh, could dream of coming from Kansas. I mean, you know, he was the number one overall recruit, I think, in the state uh, when he picked Kansas. And, uh, and a lot of people were like, why Kansas? And, you know, he showcased what a guy like him and others can do for this program, you know. And I think that's so, so big, getting guys who are talented and good to go from your home state. Uh, and it kind of puts guys like Calvin Clemens and et cetera wanting to come to Kansas. And they talked about how big of an influence Devin Neal has been. Um, I'm really curious to see what happens with the next stage of your career, if you decide to declare this year or not. Uh, but I think he's going to have a long career on Sundays for as long as, you know, running backs have careers nowadays in the NFL. Trius, what are we thinking on bowl game? What are you hearing? What's sort of the expectation? Which bowl game? What kind of opponent might KU see here uh, in their next game? Yeah, I've seen a couple of different projections. I know they're guaranteed a great bowl. I think I believe in, in Phoenix is, is one of them on the 26th, uh, which would be right after Christmas. Uh, would be an interesting bowl game. That would be against Northwestern. Uh, I've seen another one where they're facing Rutgers, I think, in the uh, the Texas Bowl. Uh, just a couple of different uh, uh, projections already out there. I, I have a feeling they'll probably end up in Phoenix. Um, I, they could be in the uh, Soldier Tax Right Bowl or something like that as well, but I think that would require them to fall down a little bit uh, on the projected bowl standings. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in Phoenix, I and mean, we'll find out Sunday. But, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of projections have them in Phoenix playing Northwestern or even potentially like Wisconsin, uh, which would be a fun matchup. Uh, with Lance. Uh, Sharice, after what you've seen this season in the Big 12 and with Texas and OU departing the conference after this season, and then, of course, the, the new teams coming in, you've got uh, some opponents like Utah and Arizona that have had pretty solid programs uh, this season in the Pac-12 moving over to the Big 12. Where do you think that Kansas can land as far as competing for a conference title next season? I mean, it, to me, it seems like the door is open for them, especially knowing that more than likely they're going to be returning quite a few players from this season. And then it almost seems like competitively, the conference is almost wide open. Absolutely. As long as I think for the most part, the key offensive and defensive guys can stay healthy next year. Really, I think QB will be a big thing. Uh, I think they should be playing in a conference championship come this time next year. Uh, they have, a really talented team, I think, coming back. I, it'll, I'm interested to see what some of these guys were thinking about the draft and stuff like that, uh, if they go or not. But, I mean, like this Kansas team should be better next year, and I expect them to replenish in the portal a little bit. It gets a lot easier to recruit guys after the season they've had when you could point out, hey, we could have been, you know, 10, 11 wins already. We just need you to help us kind of put us over the top and, and put us in the conference championship. I mean, these guys all year have talked to me about how they've looked at themselves as wanting to win the conference. And, you know, Jason Bean told me they were a little disappointed uh, that they didn't get some of the goals that they wanted to get to. So that mindset and that, uh, you know, just the talent returning, I think is going to be so, so huge for this Jayhawk team. Uh, and I'm really intrigued to see what ends up happening uh, with the portal guys that they end up bringing in. Well, that's what I was just going to ask you, Shreyas. Is there any rumblings, any concern about play? I mean, that you know, the portal goes both ways. They'll be able to bring guys in too. But is there any concern about any key players potentially hitting the portal on the way out for KU? At this point, I think it's a little too early. I think we'll probably know a little bit after bowl season. Uh, there's no rumblings at the moment that I've heard. Uh, but you never know, right? Uh, I would be surprised if any key guys leave. Kansas after the season 
that Kansas has put together. Uh, but uh, things can change quickly, as we've learned. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about KU basketball, Shreyas. Of course, uh, Maui Invitational, uh, a third-place finish for the Jayhawks. Uh, I, I, know you, I know you didn't get a chance to go to Maui. I'm sure that you watched the games and, and, and had a chance to kind of follow along with all of that. But big takeaways from what you saw from the Jayhawks, that third-place finish in the Maui Invitational? I mean, I feel like people freak out about, like, this guy or that guy, whether they're new or old, not contributing. But, like... You know, I, I came away thinking, okay, we got one guy that could potentially break out and give a role to Kansas, uh, you know, off the bench this season that people didn't anticipate in Jamari McDowell. Uh, they got their butt kicked by Marquette, but I think that was a much-needed butt kicking because that was the first real challenge they faced all year this season. I think Kentucky was good, but Marquette was just a whole other level. And, you know, they Kansas struggled against Shaka's famous press, you know, uh, I think people freak out a little bit about early season losses, but in my opinion, having guys that are ready to play rotation minutes come March is more important than losing or winning uh, come November. Uh, and I think Bill has got an interesting kind of intrigue now because people are freaking out about Nick Timberlake and Marco Jackson, et cetera. I, to that, I'd say it's too early. Uh, just let, the month of December play out and maybe if those concerns still subside and conference play is happening, then we can talk about maybe making changes to the starting lineup or, or changing the rotation or whatever. But, you know, we have five years of data to point back to for Nick Timberlake to showcase that he's a good shooter and he's just clearly in his head a little bit. Uh, and, you know, obviously it seemed like he was turning things around before his injury uh, in that Tennessee game. Uh, but I think there's, some good things you can take away. I, I think it's good that Kansas lost in, in a sense and showcase some of the stuff they need to improve on. Perimeter shooting is going to be question mark all year, and they didn't shoot the ball particularly well from three in any of the Maui games, if I remember correctly. Uh, and a lot of that is going to, I think, rest on guys like Nick Timberlake and Johnny Burphy, you know, making up for the rest of the guys who are not as good or proficient from three. Well, let's talk about that rotation. And Timberlake is the, you know, he's the kind of point of conflict for a lot of people right now. I think Jamari McDowell looks good. I think El Marco looks, I mean, they both look like freshmen, but I think that the arrows pointed up with those guys, Furphy, the same thing. Like at what point with Timberlake though, does do the minutes wane and these other young guys need to get those minutes right now in order to be, you know, where they need to be later in the year. Like if there's a, you know, an eight man rotation now, is Timberlake eight of eight? Should he be eight of eight? You know, I, I think the expectation was going to be that he's in the starting lineup, but I don't. But it just doesn't look like that's that's the path. So, you know, what sort of role? Yeah, we know he can shoot it better, but ultimately, like, is is he a regular rotation guy? Is he is he more limited minutes? What do you see from him? I mean, I, I think he can be a rotation guy. I think he can be a guy that you can come off the bench and say, "Hey, go score 10, 15 a game," and help us clinch this game. His defense has got to be better. He's kind of been a defensive Steve so far this season. Uh, his offense, his main calling card has not been great. I think a lot of it comes down to he hasn't come off the bench in 2019. This is just a completely new role, uh, new team, tougher competition. All those things are tough. And, you know, not to put pressure on him, but I think he's essentially got a month to figure it out or he's going to probably lose rotation minutes 
to some of these younger guys. But at the end of the day, Kansas needs him to be good because they don't have a guy with his skill set besides Johnny Furpy. And I don't think Furpy is as good of a shooter as Nick Timberlake is. So I think Bill understands that he's, you know, maybe things aren't perfect right now, but it's so early that you almost want to let Nick just kind of have those minutes and let him figure those things out uh, as, you know, this next month progresses before making a judgment call on whether he should be a rotation player come March or come, you know, conference play or not. Uh, I, I really do think with Nick, he will figure it out. We saw, remember last year, there was a midst of a stretch where Kevin McCullough was having a really rough rooting, you know, shooting stretch. Kansas didn't change the starting lineup. They didn't do anything. They just let him get through it, and eventually he did. Uh, and, you know, like we've obviously seen him take a, a massive leap all around overall this year. So I think the best medicine for Nick Timberlake is, just shoot the heck out of the ball and, you know, figure out ways to make yourself useful if you can't make uh, a shot. You know, you got to be better on the defensive end. Uh, you got to help Kansas on fast breaks um, and, and just showcase that you are more than just your shooting. And once the shooting comes around, he will have a spot in the rotation, I think, come conference play, come March. And, you know, Kansas fans will be happy that they kind of, you know, let him figure out his stuff. You mentioned Kevin McCuller back-to-back triple doubles for McCuller, which, I mean, the the fact that he had one triple double, much less two triple doubles, and much less the fact that they were in back-to-back games, just incredibly impressive for what he's doing. I mean, he's got to be probably the most important guy on the floor for the Jayhawks, right? A hundred percent. I've said it before. I I thought, you know, he's the best player on that team, and and he's just kind of come out and and said, yeah, I'm the best player on the team with his play. Uh, Hunter Dickinson has been phenomenal, and, you know, he's been great. But Kevin McCullough just does so many things, you know, well for this Kansas team uh, that, you know, it's really hard to replicate. And he's taken a step forward in so many ways. I've been really impressed with his playmaking this year, you know, like stuff like that, stuff that we didn't know necessarily that he could do as well as he's done he's done well and you know i i really shudder to think how this kansas team would look without kevin mcculler deciding to come back for another year all right trius well what do you guys have coming up at uh, at the star here with some of your i know it'll be a bit of a pause before we learn ku's bowl fate but you know, some big games coming up. The next time we talk, KU will have played UConn, which is pretty exciting. So what do you guys have coming uh, at the KC Star? Yeah, we have a lot of preview stuff. Um, I think it'll be a lot of fun uh, watching this UConn matchup. I'm going to see if I can get uh, Dan Hurley on the phone as I covered him for about a year and we have a good relationship, but I haven't talked to him in ages. So we'll see about that. Um, it'll be fun to kind of just talk to him casually about Kansas and, you know, the UConn as a whole. Uh and, you know, we'll have some stuff for the bowl game soon this uh, in uh, Saturday, Sunday. And I think we'll probably have some volleyball coverage throughout this week as well with Kansas hosting some volleyball uh, tournament stuff. So it should be a packed but fun week. All right. You can follow Shreyas at SHRE98 on social media. You can find his work at the KC Star. We appreciate it. And we'll talk again next week. Thanks for having me, guys. There goes Shreya Slada, a lot that we will have uh, with him next week. We'll know bowl fates. We'll know all kinds of good stuff there. Um, So be sure to check out his work. 
uh, as we get some good basketball for KU that we'll talk about throughout the week here uh, coming up a little bit later. All right, you've uh, you've got Paul Mills and Chris Lamb shows as well as Terry Nooner's show tonight on KFH. Just by the way, on a little quick programming note, let's give away some coffee, Jad. It's uh, it snowed a lot. Uh, if you didn't notice outside, that's been fun to deal with. But you can get some coffee to try and warm up and uh, beat the season. You can get some coffee from HTO, hot or iced, whatever it is. Anything from the brew house will get you two free drinks from the HTO brew house, which are good at the east location in Wichita or the location in Derby. You can find those on the IHOP hotline right now at 869-1240. Jad will get us a winner. We'll be back with more Sports Daily right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Glad to be with you. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Uh, congratulations to Tommy for winning some HDO Brewhouse coffee. That wasn't you, was it, Tommy? You didn't like uh, it was coffee. not. I mean, I'll take I'll take some HDO coffee if you want to give it to yeah, me. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm sitting here, and again, my apologies if you're just joining us, and I, I sound as drained as I feel right now. It's some, some sort of gnarly... You know, I don't know if it was food poisoning. I don't know if it was a stomach bug. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's like all the endless leftovers I've been eating for the last four or five days or if – but it wiped me out. But I did have some coffee, this, so I was nervous. It's like I have no energy, but I spent all day yesterday on the toilet. Do you try a cup of coffee this morning? I went for it, and it was, it's was it been fine. It's, it's Roll the dice. I, roll the I, dice I that. That's a roll of the dice after yesterday. Yeah. God. And it was like it just – I, I and I was in the mode definitely, Tommy, which we've talked about before. Like it was really in- inconvenient for my wife for me to get sick. Like just really mm. bad timing, right? And you're just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I'm sick. <laughs> you have to apologize uh, for being yeah. sick. I love it profusely. Uh, and and I get it on this one because there's a lot going on uh, right now that then immediately, of course, falls on her. Uh, let's look around the NFL yesterday a little bit, Tommy. Um, you know, we, we talked about the Eagles a little bit on the Bills game. Boy, their ability to not die is really interesting. Uh, but they look they look good. Are they the best team in football? I mean, I know their record says they are at 10-1. and one. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure that I like them more than San Francisco. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see them play Dallas again. It just there is something there with Philadelphia. Like I, I don't think their defense is as good. I know their defensive line is incredible, but other than that, like I, I think they're pretty susceptible defensively. I think I'd take San Francisco over but Philly right now. Philly wins. I know. You know, Philly's know. got a two-game lead over San Francisco in the conference. They're two games clear of the Niners, right? You know, and so I think that we've talked about it before. You are what your record says that you are. And the 49ers went through a lull a few weeks ago where they dropped three in a row. They did not look good. Now, keep in mind, they had a couple of injuries that were really key. Debo Samuel was hurt. Trent Williams was hurt. Brock Purdy looked human for a couple of games. Um, you know, but, and they, they got that back, right? Like they, they absolutely have rebounded from that for sure once they got healthy. So from a talent perspective, yeah, they're probably you know right there with Philadelphia. 
But their record, I mean, you know, Philly's two games I mean, clear they, of, they play of this the week, Niners right now. Right. They play this week in Philadelphia. So in back-to-back weeks here, and, and look at this stretch for Philadelphia, right? You go to Kansas City, you come home, you host Buffalo and San Francisco, and then you go on the road and play Dallas, and Seattle doesn't look like they're as good, you know, anymore. And then their schedule gets really easy at the back end. But that four-game stretch to get out to a 2-0 and start, and they still have San Francisco and Dallas. But if they make it through with just one of the wins in those two games, they look pretty good because I think they'll win their final four uh, to get home field. And they do have <laughs> – it's it's some sort of swag, right? Like it's just some some sort of swag. I, I honestly – like I think the chances of a Super Bowl rematch are relatively high. I do like San Francisco better if San Francisco's healthy. We're going to get a chance to play that one out this weekend because San Francisco is healthy, right? And so is Philadelphia. That obviously is the game of the week in the NFL. But, you know, they they just do find ways to win. They had no business winning that game yesterday. Uh, But they they found a way to get it done. I think the other one for us that, like, can we talk about the Broncos for a second? Like, what on earth has happened to Denver? Like, they're all of a sudden, they're not just, like— Winning, they're they're kind of good, right? They're they're pretty good. They've won five in a row, including wins against Green Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo, Minnesota, and Cleveland. You know, four of their their last four wins, Tommy, have come against teams that look like they could be or are will be playoff teams. That this is pretty wild. What's happening with Denver right now? And I still don't think a whole lot of people are paying attention to it. Well, I think that's to the benefit. The Broncos, right? Like they had yeah. all the attention on them with Sean Payton coming to town. Can he fix Russell Wilson after the disaster a year ago with Nathaniel Hackett and all of that surrounding the Broncos? And then they get off to a really, really bad start. And people are like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and their styles kind of clash. And are they going to be able to get along? Will the marriage actually work in Denver? And then people kind of start to forget about them a little bit. They're not totally. paying attention to the Broncos as much anymore. And all of a sudden, quietly under the radar, Russell Wilson is looking a little bit better. And Sean Payton looks like, you know, things are actually starting to click a little bit in Denver. Are they a great team? No, I don't think they're a great team. But after the debacle and the disaster of the Broncos giving up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins, their defense has slowly gotten a little bit better. And Vance Joseph has kind of gotten them to work a little bit better defensively. And here they are winning five in a row. Again, I don't think that they're a legitimate contender, but I do think that as soon as people stopped paying attention to them, they were able to get back to business and actually get things worked out. It, it's, it's wild. Like it's wild. They beat, they beaten good teams and, it is, and it's because they fixed their defense, which it never made a whole lot of sense that their defense was playing as bad as it was early in the year. But it is, but it is, like, where do they stand in the AFC right now? If you were being realistic about it, and we were just talking about, like, okay, where do these teams sit? Denver's not yet a playoff team at 6-5. and five. Denver's better than Indianapolis. We know now they're better than Cleveland. I think they're better than Pittsburgh. So, you know, just, and again, we're just like power ranking, not necessarily going by record. Denver's, I mean, are they a top five team in the AFC right now? They get, I don't know if I'd put them top. I don't know if I'd put them top five. Well, but okay, but let me just read you the rest of their schedule, by the way. At Houston, at the Chargers, at Detroit. They go back to back to back road games. So this will be tough. 
And then they get New England, the Chargers again, and the Raiders. So if I said to you they're top five, we none, nobody's going to say they're better than Baltimore, Kansas City, Miami, or probably Jacksonville. Would you say Denver's better than Pittsburgh? Um, I think that offensively, yes. I think that they are better than Pittsburgh. The Steelers have really, really struggled offensively. So, yeah, I mean, I think that they're probably – I think they're more talented than the Steelers are. We know they're better than Cleveland. Are they better than Indianapolis? Yes, I think they're better than Indianapolis. Are they better than – I mean, really – are, well, are they I don't think they're Buffalo? better than Houston. I don't think they're better than Houston. And I don't think they're better than Buffalo. I think that they're so – that, you point, said that they're – Seven, think, you know, maybe seven, seven, maybe eight in the AFC. I don't think they're a top not, five team in the conference. Man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Denver played Houston, what would happen right now. I still think Buffalo's better. Um, in fact, I think Buffalo's probably in reality the fifth best team in the AFC or, or maybe even fourth. I, I think I would take Buffalo over Miami at this point, but it won't play itself out that way as far as the playoffs go now. They've fallen too far back. In fact, I would take Buffalo over Jacksonville, too. I would take Buffalo probably third in the AFC. That's what's really? so weird about them being 6-6. Six and six. Yeah. I mean, you watch that game against Philadelphia yesterday, and they should have. I mean, Philadelphia, credit to the Eagles for doing their thing, but Buffalo is still talented enough to have the Eagles on the Buffalo, ropes like that. Buffalo was better in the game yesterday. Uh, the Eagles were obviously more clutch and more explosive. And by the way, I think the, the secret to playing the Bills – is just get the game to overtime. That's all you have to do because Josh Allen is 0-6 in overtime games. Josh Allen cannot get it done when it comes down to overtime games. And you know what? The Bills, I think, had that game. Of course, it was another turnover from Josh Allen. And I know he's supremely talented, but the guy is going to turn the ball over. And and I, I saw somebody talking about this the other day. And I thought it was interesting. And it kind of brings something up. And, and I know that you're a Cowboys fan, so... I think it's worth bringing up that Josh Allen turns the ball over at the clip that he does, and nobody really talks about it as much. But if Dak Prescott turns the ball over at the clip like Josh Allen does, you want to bench him immediately in Dallas. But I think that Josh Allen is going to turn the ball over at a much higher clip than Dak Prescott does. I mean, Josh Allen's ability with his legs is what makes him a little bit different. I mean, 81 yards and a couple of scores yesterday. Like, he was a rock star statistically yeah. yesterday. But, yeah, it is similar to Dak. Um, you know, Dak has moments like that. And I don't know that Dak has ever quite flashed like Josh Allen has just, like, physically. But Dak's having also – I mean, he's going to be – I don't even know if it's a dark horse at this point. Dak's going to play his way into an MVP candidate at this point. He's been otherworldly this year. Uh, but they are comparable players. And you know what else I thought about? It's interesting that you brought this up because the other thing I thought about last night as I'm watching the Chargers is Herbert kind of feels like that too. Like it it almost feels like those, you know, that Spider-Man meme where they all just are pointing at each other or whatever. It almost feels like those three guys could get into the same, you know, it could, could do a little of that. And I know Dak and Allen have had more playoff success thus far than Herbert. He's much younger than both of those guys. But I, I, I think you're looking at when you're talking about just like gifted quarterbacks, I, I think that you, you'd certainly say Allen is one of the more gifted quarterbacks, but he has that turnover thing. That's similar to Dak. And watching Herbert last night, there was a little of that too. Now, you know, Herbert's were getting smashed and fumbling, which is a little bit different, but it was happening. 
which is what's happened to Allen, by the way, a lot. You know, that that happens to Allen, too. But I, I just watched those three guys, though, and watched some of the other quarterback play across the league. And I'm like, they're so much better than most other players at that position. Like, almost all of them. Except, you know, at this point, you've got Hurts and you've got Mahomes and probably those three. I mean, those those are probably the top guys right now. But they do all feel kind of the same. Like, can they ever get through that? And it makes me wonder about Mahomes, who's also turned the ball over this year more than we're used to. How much of that is bad luck and how much of that is the player himself? Right, like how much of yeah. Herbert's woes are bad luck? Herbert's got the Tony Romo thing going. Like Herbert continuously leads his team back, and then they're still not good enough to get the win. Right, we've talked about that with the number of game-winning drives. And that's that not he's bad to luck. Together, that's not bad I luck. That, that's coaching. It's usually that's bad coaching, team, right? Yeah, it's that bad team, team around him, bad defense around him. Romo's that was the case last Herbert night for Herbert, defense. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and he made some mistakes last night. He did, he's not immune to criticism. He did make some mistakes last night. Um, Allen's kind of in the same boat. Now, Allen Allen would have at least made a Super Bowl if not for the crazy thing that the Chiefs did in that postseason game. So it's hard to hold that against him. Dak, their team probably just hasn't been good enough. I think Allen is above the other two. But he does not take the appropriate amount of criticism for, for late-game mistakes because he makes them. He does. Yeah, yeah, he does. And and that's, that's my point. That goes back to what I said before is that, right. you know, Allen – for as gifted as he is, for as talented as he is, the mistakes that he makes are not at the same level as far as criticism is concerned as some of these other guys that we want to pile on anytime they make a big mistake. Now, he compensates for it because he's going to run off and break off a big touchdown run. He's going to have some in- incredible passes and you know things like that, and he's got great talent around him. That helps out for sure. I mean, it's not a it's not a Mac Jones situation where all Mac Jones does is bad, right? Like Josh Allen, the good comes along with the bad. But man, the bad and critical situations like yesterday against the Eagles. I mean, again, I'll, I'll say it. I think Buffalo was the better team yesterday, but the Eagles got the win. You know, it, it took a 60-yard field goal towards the end of the game for the Eagles to force overtime, right? That was the only reason why the Eagles won that game was Jake Elliott blasting an incredible field goal in terrible conditions. And so it's set up by Josh Allen, though, making poor choices and more and poor decisions and having bad plays. I just don't think the level of criticism is really there for Josh Allen like we see for some of these other guys. Well, yeah, everyone's trying to blame McDermott. I'm like, what? Right. Like, I, that seems a little misguided, too. There are people that say he's on the hot seat. If he's on the hot seat, like, you're nuts if he's on the hot seat. The Bills have been incredible through this run. And no, they haven't won the Super Bowl, but like they've had some pretty key injuries in, the, in critical moments when they're trying to get there. That like, let's be real with this. It's just an unlucky season for them I, to to try and like push the reset button or anything. It was this way this off season too. Like, no, 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 no. Like, their window is not as open as Kansas City's or Philadelphia's, but it's open, right? Like, it's still they're still a contender. They can still win yeah, any game that they play. You're right. It's not as open. I mean, the, I, I mentioned it before. No, it's not as their open. De- their defense is old. Their defense is really yeah. old. You know, yeah. and so they've got to go and they've got to try to figure some of that stuff out it, this offseason if they want to keep the window continually open. But I think that we get to the point where we start talking about Josh Allen as, is this a guy that can lead his team to a Super Bowl? And I don't know if he can. 
Um, well, it really becomes about can he lead this team to a Super Bowl? Can he lead a team to the Super Bowl? Yes, I think he can. This team is not getting better, which is the problem. But I think there will still be things they can do. That what they've got to do is do what the Chiefs did and reset the defense through drafting good young defensive players. Hope that Steph Diggs will stick around and and you know not become a problem. And then you just try and retool that defense as best you can. Curious, curious case. They can beat any team any day. Like they're talent wise, like whatever. Buffalo six and six. And uh, Denver is has a better record. Let that, let that, just let that soak in. And it's not even—I don't even know if it's pretend. Back to the original point: Denver. What on earth is going on with Denver? It's crazy. We'll come back. More sports daily. By the way, uh, you can uh, you can get in touch with us on the IHOP hotline, which is at eight six nine twelve forty. We are open phones the rest of the way here on that IHOP hotline. So get in touch with us. We'll tell you what's on tap. We can look at some of the other college football happenings over the weekend. We're reacting to things from a long weekend here on Sports Daily on a Reaction Monday. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in Sports Daily, everybody. Uh, all right, Tommy, college football. We mentioned this for just a second. We got championship games this weekend. I'd really like to see Texas get in as much as I would like to see them lose. Uh, Oklahoma State doesn't give me much confidence the way they've been playing. They got it done. They get into the game. I just like if if there are if there's a one loss team in, I'd really like for it to be Texas. I'm conflicted on who to root for in the Big Twelve Championship game because I want Texas in if if we can get in. But if Texas isn't going to get in, I'd like to see Oklahoma State beat them by forty. So I don't really know what to do here. Uh, it's an eleven a.m. game too, so it's not like we get much help. We're not going to know what the circumstances are. It's the first game of the group. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to who to root for in that Big 12 championship game. Well, begrudgingly, I think you have to root for Texas regardless, right? I mean, even if they don't get into the CFP, I think because if you want to watch a Big 12 team, even if they are a lame duck team in any kind of premier bowl game, you probably want to have Texas win the game. If Oklahoma State beats them, I mean, does Texas fall out of the New Year's Six? I don't, I mean, they might. And Oklahoma mm-hmm. State won't get in. Right at that point, even if they are the Big Twelve champions, will they get a New Year's Six bowl game? I, I doubt it. So I mean, they I think would as the gotta, Big Twelve champion. I think yeah. right. I, but think I, mean, I just think to. if you want to watch, if you want to watch a Big Twelve team that has a chance to win a New Year's Six bowl game, you probably, I think, you kind of got to go for Texas, even yeah, if they don't hard. make the CFP. I wish Oklahoma State would would you know give us more confidence. They just haven't. No. Been... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Playing very well lately. Um, they barely squeaked by BYU over the weekend. I know. I know. They almost blew it. and And that was the thing, too, like, I, the, at least we didn't. The worst case scenario was to get Texas OU in the Big Twelve Championship game. That would not have been good. Okay, so other than other than that, I think now it's like okay, we didn't get that doomsday scenario after all the trash everybody had been talking in the preseason. So now it's like I, I still do want the Big Twelve represented well, and I do want a team in the CFP. But then you also get into the thing where, okay, let's say they do get into the CFP. Are they, and I think the answer to this is yes, are they good enough to hang with, let's say it's Washington and Georgia and Michigan, uh, because you'd have to have Florida State lose in order for Texas to get in, to even have a chance. I'm still not even sure that they would. But could Texas hang with Washington, Georgia, Michigan, if they are the fourth team? I think the answer is yes. I think they beat Alabama, right? So I, I think they could hang with those teams. But remember, they beat Alabama with a healthy Jonathan Brooks. They don't have Jonathan Brooks for the rest of this season. He's such a dynamic player that do I think they could hang in the CFP? Sure. But I, it's obviously a lot less likely without your dynamic star running back for the rest of the season. They don't have him. You know, and so yeah. they, they've got they've got a lot of other talent. Quinn Ewers looks really good. He's come back from his injury really strong. I mean, they laid a beat down on Texas tech over the weekend, seven to seven, you know? So, but, but again, your level of competition versus Texas tech is a lot different than your level of competition in the CFP. So I, I don't think that I would like, let's just say this. I don't think I would bet Texas if they make the CFP. I don't think I would bet them just simply because they don't have Jonathan Brooks. Where do you even rank them in there? Like, it, would they be behind all three of those others? Would yeah. they be behind if they get Washington, in, Georgia, and Michigan? I think if I think if they get in, they sneak in at number four, right? I just, I just don't see them. I don't see them any higher than that. I, I guess if, I mean, I don't know. If, if Oregon beats Washington, I, at that point, I don't, maybe three. But I think more than likely, Texas, if they make it in, they're going to be the number four seed. So here's the problem we face and the committee faces is Florida State. Florida State, if they win, they're going to get in. But they don't have their quarterback. They're now being right. led by Rodemaker, Tate Rodemaker. Uh, they mustered 224 yards of offense against Florida and got the win. But it's going to be a real problem, I think, for the committee if Florida State gets in because of that. But, the, you know, if they're, if they, if they're unbeaten, they're unbeaten. you got to put them in. 
But this is why. This, see, I and I said it was potentially a dream scenario for the four-team stands because you could get four unbeaten teams and you'd be perfect. But this is the reason 12 teams to me. Oh, and it doesn't have to be 12. I never thought it had to be 12. Eight would have been fine. But we got 12, and I'm happy about that. This is the reason you do that. And I know pe- people brought up Ohio State-Michigan as the example. And the other thing you got to think about, too, is Ohio State. Would Texas be in ahead of Ohio State? I don't know. Texas's road to get there is pretty hard. I think hard. they would. I think they would. Uh, I mean, because uh, Ohio State, you know, outside of the Michigan game, they really haven't played anybody, played anybody. right? Like they, they, their strength of schedule is not good. So I, I do think you could probably still make that case uh, with the Texas win in the Big 12 championship to put them ahead of uh, Ohio State for sure. So regardless of all of that, and Ohio State, Michigan played out and was a classic, and maybe if it was played in the horseshoe, it goes a different way, right? Such a great game. So much fun. All, all of that. Is the, reason, is the reason you should have a 12-team. And I know people are like, oh, this Ohio State-Michigan game wouldn't have meant as much. I'm like, yeah, right. It's Ohio State-Michigan. Of course it would. Like when the Chiefs, let's say Joe Burrow's not hurt, when the Chiefs play the Bengals on New Year's Eve, it would not take away from them having another game in the playoffs. It would be just as excited for it. So miss me with all of that because this is this year is a great example of why the expanded playoff makes sense. Because there isn't a clear-cut favorite. Maybe it's Georgia and their win streak. Could be. But don't we want to see and make sure that it's not Texas, Florida State, Oregon at this point? Right? Like, don't we need to make sure it's not Alabama or Ohio State? Like, all of those teams would be in. And then you'd get, like, Tulane in there. Great. So, it's... It's better because you we don't know for sure, right? Florida State's unbeaten, but they don't have their quarterback. They still need a place in, but we know they're not one of the best four teams without no. their quarterback. Yeah, so, without Jordan Travis, Florida State gets into the CFP. They get demolished in the semifinal. Right. I don't care who they play. And so that's why 12 teams make sense, because it does give all of the teams who are worthy a chance to get in there and win in a play. And that's not crazy, by the way, folks. Like, we literally have that in every other sport. We have playoffs for a reason. They are different than the regular season. Does it make the regular season mean less in any other sport that we play? No, I don't think so. I mean, not not in the NFL, certainly, which is the most comparable. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.